Hello, and this is the intro to the Super Divorce Supercast. It's a full episode this week. Yep. I didn't uh, hit the wrong button nope. this time. We double-checked, and you've got a full episode waiting for you. So, yeah. it's good. It's good. We talk about a lot of stuff. Um, I kind of like can't even remember all the stuff we talked about. We started off talking about drugs. Yeah. And, and we did Beer Me. Yep. For the first time in a couple weeks. And then we got into movies as we typically do. We did some video game talk. We talked about Horror Hound. I gave you a gift. Nick gave me a wonderful gift. Uh, we talk about comics. Talk about Star Wars. Uh, a lot of... Talk about music. Talk about music. Some we, band yeah. stuff. Little, little updates for you. Kind of peppered in for your mm-hmm. liking. Um, it's a good episode. It was, it was a, once again, a very just generic two guys hanging out episode. Yep. So, um, before we get you into it, make sure that you get into us. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> we are always open. We're always waiting for you to get into us. Still gross. At, uh, facebook.com slash super divorce at superdivorceme.com at uh, at superdivorce on Twitter and Snapchat and at superdivorceband on Instagram. And then also, you can get in touch with me on any of those social media platforms at Nicholas Villars and you can get in touch with Bender using one of his uh, various... I changed my Twitter tag. Did you? What is it now? It's Bender Butts. Bender Butts. Yep. So, you can find me on Instagram at Bender Butt. You can find me on Twitter at Bender Butts. And you can find me on Snapchat at Bender's Butt. So, hopefully that'll make it a little bit easier for you How guys. How can you remember that? Bender, your Bender Butt, singular on yeah. Instagram, Singular, right? plural on Twitter. On Twitter, and uh, personal on Snapchat. My personal butt. It's my butt. Bender's butt. And on the Twitter, you can imagine not one, but Bender butts, right? Yeah, two it's just butts. Bender butts. Bender butts. Two T's, two butts. For Twitter, yeah. you can imagine two birds tweeting to two different butts. Yeah. Two birds, two, two butts. butts. Bender, Bender butts. butts. Two birds, two butts. That's that's Twitter. Hopefully that'll it'll make it easier. Follow me. I'm really bad at Twitter. I apologized on Twitter for it the other day. I was like, I can't do Twitter very well. One person liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I ever get. It's all I ever get is like one or two likes on my on my Twitter. That's okay. But that's not what Twitter's about. No. I can't get over it. That's what I can't get over. It's like Instagram. I'm like oddly gaining momentum and i'm starting to average like 30 to 50 likes on everything Mm -hmm. uh and so whenever then i'm like okay yeah Mm -hmm. like go me you know Mm -hmm. uh blow it up a little bit even on facebook because i reserve my funny posts for facebook i'm getting you know upper 20s upper 30s stuff like that and then i hit twitter and it's just like one <laughs> and i'm like fuck you twitter but i only have 17 followers so I yeah can't, well that's, like i can't complain yeah but, you know that's to be expected yeah even like you know 
I, I follow Becky Cloonan, mm-hmm. you know, and she's wonderful. She retweeted me the other day. Um, I, her stuff only gets like, you know, 150, 200 likes or whatever. But the same picture on Instagram has like four or 500 likes. So yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, there's, I mean, different platforms have different, like, I guess, average engagement rates, if you will. Right. Cause I, I'm guilty of it. I'll see shit where I'm like, huh. <laughs> but then i don't i don't like it you know uh-huh and that's being a dick i don't yeah. mean to i like what i like if i like it i like it i try to do that but i don't always do it so i understand yeah don't take offense to it because people might be enjoying your feed right so anyway uh there's that and uh oh speaking of real quick twitter um I saw on Twitter the other night that Tom Savini was sitting right behind the announcer's booth for uh, for SmackDown. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you see the new Jason he designed for the Final yeah, 13 game? Yeah, I thought it looked badass. Yeah. They're also unmasking uh, Jason Goes to Hell Jason in that game. Oh. Which has never cool. been done before. That's cool. Did you know there's a producer's cut of Friday the 13th Part 9 that no one's ever seen, and there's, like, a petition going around to get, like, a... Not specifically, but to get, like, a Scream Factory Blu-ray of the producer's cut of Jason Goes to Hell? No. I, I like, want it. I tried to sign the petition, and my phone wouldn't load it for whatever reason. But there's, like, I mean, like, a whole, like... 30 or 40 minutes was cut out of the movie and it's all shot and everything too. And the, like the footage exists, they just didn't put it in and they've never released like an unrated version or a director's cut version. Weird. So some dude, some super fan is like trying to petition to get a director's cut of Friday <laughs> the 13th. Jason goes to hell. Hmm. I want it. I'd watch it. All right, well, uh, with that, here's another episode for you. Enjoy, Chef. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. If you don't know, last week I pressed the wrong button on the recorder and we lost the entire podcast that we sat here This is uh, Beer Me Time here on the uh, 316 edition. Yeah. We're recording on 316. Yeah, we are. So it's, it's uh, what do you call it, a Steve Weiser? Yeah, you got a Steve Weiser today. Yeah, nice. good can of Steve Weiser. Any beer you drink on 316 is a Steve Weiser in honor of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. But this particular Steve Weiser is uh, the Dayton Beer Company's uh, The Java Man Cometh, uh, an American-style stout with coffee. So it's kind of beer and coffee talk. (laughs) Cheers. I like dark beers. Yes. So I'm all about it. 
It's good. It's almost like an IPA. It almost hits you with like hops at the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's just the coffee yeah. taste. So it fades a lot quicker mm-hmm. and it doesn't leave that bitter like film in your mouth that yeah. fucking IPAs do. It's the it's like black coffee bitter as opposed to like the pine tree bitter yes. of your IPA. Yes. And like it's good. IPA. For those of you who like to gnaw on the rind of uh, fucking grapefruit. That's idiots no thanks <laughs> you're welcome yeah who was it i was talking to someone recently oh um an old buddy from high school matt he uh runs a uh print shop and i was talking to him about doing some some printing for our band and i stopped in to have a chat with him the other day and we got on the topic of beers and their company insignia they do printing for um warped wing out of Dayton. Oh, okay so we started talking about some of their beers and and apparently he's like he's into ipa stuff but he can't do dark beers and i'm just like i don't i don't understand people like that just yeah. like you can't drink a dark beer like a stout you know or a fucking nice heavy lager but you just sit there and drink a crunched up Christmas tree. Just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't I don't I don't get that. When uh when I was younger, uh like before I could drink and stuff, my dad he really likes dark beers and particularly Guinness. And they used to like build, they built it up for like my whole childhood that Guinness was like so dark and thick that you would like drink it and then just chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like finally being 21 and going to the Dublin pub for like my first pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I was surprised when you couldn't chew on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, you know, it, like, I think at that point I probably literally only ever had, uh, a Heineken and a Long Island iced tea. That was like, it was like my first uh, ever alcohol experiences were Heineken, Long Island, Guinness. Like, I preferred yeah. the Guinness. Uh, I never did much drinking. Like, I, um, like in high school, no, not at Well, there was one time, I think, that me and my buddy Kyle. Our, our mothers both signed off on it and we were like we want to play video games and get drunk and they're like okay and we were like probably 16 at the time yeah 16 or 17 and they let us uh pick out like some smirnoff <laughs> and we sat in my basement and <laughs> drank smirnoff and played video games yeah and that was like the only time i drank in high school yeah just like just see what it was all about i never i didn't i didn't have uh any alcohol save for like a sip of wine either at communion or and i still didn't even like get wine that often or uh sometimes at passover Mm. uh or any you know jewish holiday where you'd have a a meal yeah uh there would be a little bit of wine and sometimes i would take a sip of that just like in tradition like uh, like especially passover for the seder meal like you're everybody sips wine everybody eats bitter herbs every, you know like all that kind of so it was just like participation yeah wine yeah but other than those 
times I never, ever drank alcohol until I was 21. Like, not even, dad didn't give me a sip of his beer. Like, I never asked. Like, Mm -hmm. I just never fucking did. Oh, you know what? I did get drunk at one party in high school. Really? One time. Yeah. And I remember I was there, and I, uh, I called my mom at probably, like, I don't know. It was pretty early, I would say. Maybe 11.30 or so. And I was already drunk, you know, because I wasn't <laughs> a drinker. Right, right. And I just had, like, a few of probably smeared off whatever shit is floating around at a high school party. Yeah. And... I called my mom and I was like, you know, I had whatever midnight curfew and I was like, Hey, I'm going to stay the night at Adam's house. And it was like this kid that I never hung out with. And she was like, um, who? And I was like, Adam, you know, like I went to elementary school with him and she was like, um, no, come home. (laughs) And I was like, (sighs) so I had to find a, a ride home and like my, my mom was in bed, but the next morning I got up and like went straight the Tylenol and she was like in the kitchen and she was like did you have some, too much to drink last night and I was like yeah <laughs> and that was like about that was the size of things yeah so it was like <laughs> yeah that's you know my mom does the same kind of thing uh of course she never had to do it when I was in high school mm-hmm. or anything but very recently and now I can you know now I can say this on the podcast but very recently we were like at family dinner or whatever, and just sort of like, I don't know what we were talking about, or like, whatever, but just sort of un- unprompted, my mom just kind of goes, so everyone at the table smoked weed except me, right? And we're just like, what? <laughs> and she looks at me, and she's like, you've smoked, haven't you? I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, you know, yeah. it's like sure and like it even you know i've even gone so far as to say oh you know it's not it wasn't like a one-time thing like she knows she knows Lindsay smokes regularly you know and i'm just and i'm just like yeah like maybe once a week Mm -hmm. once every couple weeks like i just smoke down with Lindsay and watch tv like yeah that's it but she just was like is she interested in trying it or is that I don't the conversation think, was going? I don't think she is. I think her mom, my grandma, I guess possibly has said before that she would like to get high one time before she dies. Because yeah. she has never you never do a big family. I would fucking just... <laughs> love to so much. Like you know, it's I've really broken down a lot of misconceptions that i've had Uh you know since being with Lindsay, and i don't want to make my girlfriend sound like a huge druggie or anything because she's not yeah she just smokes weed like big fucking deal you know especially nowadays but you know even she had wild party days in high school and has even done more than just weed yeah and obviously she is fucking successful now you know she's a very successful tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, it's, I've, I've, uh, had a lot of misconceptions sort of thrown out the window that like, if you not saying she did this, but it's like, if you try cocaine one time, you're just fucked for like the rest of your life, <laughs> yeah. you know? 
No, I've never done it. I know, um, but I know quite a few people actually who have, who've done coke and like, and yeah, one there's a a couple people that Jess and I know. Um, I won't name names, but um, some people we know who you would never, ever, 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 ever guess. But I've talked to them about like all the shit that they've done, where like. They do it almost like a fucking science experiment. They're like, yeah, we wanted to try this. So we, you know, we just set aside an evening and, you know, made yeah. a night of it. And just just a, a very controlled environment, right. you know, just to see what it's like to have the experience. And then just never did most of that shit again, you know. I would say that the one, well, I'm sure there are more than a few things they stay away from. But, you know, I... I don't think that uh, they've dabbled in heroin or anything no, like that. That's, Things where you can get hooked from one fucking time. Heroin you know? is one that, like, Lindsay and, like, a lot of people that she knows, a lot of people that did drugs, you know, in high school. And so, like, that heroin is one that they were just like, fuck, no. Yeah. You never do heroin. Like, there's no experimenting. There's yeah. no, I'm going to try it once. It's just like, you don't fucking do it. And tragically, one of her friends was addicted to heroin for a long time and recently passed away from an overdose. Like, you just don't do it. But, you know, I've been at parties with her. um, Not where there was, like, intense drug use going on, but uh, with, like, some of... With her high school friends and kind of her crowd, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, been talking to a guy or whatever and you know he kind of walks away and she will just sort of lean over and go you know like that dude drops more acid than anybody i know and he's like the i don't know he was like uh the general manager of like a chain of restaurants (laughs) you know yeah and like but he just on the weekends he just fucking gets fucked up on drugs but during the week he just runs whole restaurants by himself like whole things you know he's the the general manager he is like top dog in these restaurants and now for me i'm just like god i would never you know yeah but not everybody that does quote hardcore drugs is like a total wasted human which is it came as a surprise to me honestly Mm mm-hmm and we in no way advocate that you go out and do these things. No. if But if you're going to, I would highly recommend getting with someone who you trust yeah. who's done them before. Yeah. So that you've got a good support system in place. Especially if you're doing like a psychedelic or something. Yeah. I've never fucked with any of that stuff. I but I know plenty of people who have. And it's always been, you know, translated to me like... Hey, if you ever want to do anything like this, let me know because the worst thing you can do is be at a party where people are just like taking hits of acid or some shit right. and you know, you're not comfortable and then you have a bad trip and freak out and that can be a horrible horrible experience. Right. So, you know, anything that's going to mess with your psyche. It's all about, you know, just like alcohol, it's yeah. all about being responsible. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's I think there's such such huge misconceptions that even still for me after being told all of these things I'm still like 
yeah, but I would rather get blackout drunk than, you know, yeah. drop acid. I don't even like smoking weed. I yeah, just, you you don't. I, I just, I, the mental fog, I just don't like it. I, I, and even, I don't like getting super drunk either. I like a good yeah. buzz. Yeah. But I rarely get really drunk. I just, I prefer to be mentally sharp. Yeah. As much as possible in my life and i you know i have my times i definitely when i smoke with Lindsay, i do not like i take like a hit Mm -hmm. and then i'm just sort of like light and fluffy for an hour or so Uh, maybe longer i mean i could for all i know it could be a couple hours yeah but i'm just sort of light and fluffy for a while and honestly i either fall asleep Mm -hmm. or come down from it and then like just continue on you know i've had a couple like really fun experiences when i've been high but most of the time i just want it to be done i'm like waiting you know for yeah myself to feel normal again like i don't really get that as so much i yeah i just want i don't know i seem to have this thing where i get i either don't feel anything or i get way too high yeah it just i have no middle ground i'm not one of those people who can take a hit and feel anything i have to like take several and then it all fucking wallows me at once and i'll be watching a tv show or something and i will forget what they were talking about like 10 seconds prior and it pisses me off yeah and i'll just feel weirded out for a second and like you know just it's no good for me i yeah i i think because I well because I'm not a heavy smoker and never will be uh, and the fact that I just I pace it out I still you know even now like as okay as I am with it I still don't get high every week yeah you know um, so I think you know so I take one sometimes two hits and I'm pretty level for a while mm-hmm. and then like I said, if I get too high, I fall asleep eventually. Yeah. And then like wake up sober or I either I either get too high and fall asleep or I hit the right mark yeah. and feel good for a couple hours and then it fades away. And then I never try to re up it because you never get to that same level yeah of of high. It's you sort of just like you hit your peak and then if you continue smoking it's just like a maintaining of the come down area and yeah. you're right that's not fun like yeah. coming down is not fun i can handle it yeah you know and everything but it's not it's just it's just not fun so i don't like or i don't understand how 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 lindsay maintains that sort of period of coming down throughout Mm -hmm. the day because i'm just like that would suck yeah how do you get anything done i don't know i remember i remember smoking once by myself and i was gonna just like because i always heard people talk about oh you just need to fucking just smoke out and play some skyrim or or oblivion or whatever i was playing at the time yeah and i tried to and i kept like catching myself just like stopped and i'd be like looking at a spot on the screen <laughs> and i like have to come back and be like oh what the fuck was i doing i i had a, a friend of mine who just loved to 
get high as fuck and play Counter Strike, and he was amazing. <laughs> I, I love people like yeah. that. And it, you know, it was like oh, I'm gonna smoke a bowl and play some CS, and I tried to one time, and it's just like no, yeah, I can't fucking do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm awful. <laughs> it does the exact opposite for me. It, it just like, you know, in, instead of enhancing like the global view of things, right? All I can do is like start focusing on little details. Yeah, and that's no good for when you're playing like a yeah. fast twitch type of game. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever really like sat and played video games high. I would love to play Resogun high. <laughs> that, I don't know. That might be interesting because if you could feel like you were in that fucking, or no, Resogun, I was thinking of, uh, shit. I don't know why I was thinking of the game for VR. Battle zone. Yeah. In the yeah. tank. Yeah. <sighs> Man, that would be. Feeling like you're in that arena. Yeah. Like, more than you already do. When oh you my got God. The VR on. But I would definitely be down to if like if it was cool with you to mm-hmm. smoke and then try VR. You could try it sometime. That would be I feel like that would be an intense experience. Do it and then play some R E seven. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like I would already shit my pants playing that in VR, but playing it high in VR, like yeah. I'd shit my pants and wet myself. <laughs> I do want to play that in VR though. Like I, I want to just experience, try. I want to just try and experience that. The only go-to right now for me is Zelda when I have free time. Really? And I mentioned it last week that I was like, I had started Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I, I'll go back to it at some point. But right now, Zelda is the first game in a long time that, like, when I'm not playing it. I'm thinking about going and playing it again, you know, and that's always a really good feeling to have. Yeah. Some games you play, but you almost feel like you're obligated to like, I need to get through this. Right. With this one, every time I sit down and play it, I'm like, it's like eating a really good meal and you're like, you don't want it to be over. So you're thinking about it as you're, enjoying this big tasty burger it's like oh man it's so good but at some point it's going to be gone i'm going to be done with it you know uh-huh. but that game it's so huge you know i don't think it's anything i have to worry about right away but i'm definitely trying to savor the first playthrough because it's so cool right i uh beat tomb raider rise of the tomb raider yeah how was the ending did you like it um yes I thought it ended appropriately for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very similar to the first game. Uh, I mean, like, almost completely. Which is fine, honestly. I. It's like, if, if it's not broke, don't fucking fix it, you yeah. know? It was... But it was fun. It was a really good game. I enjoyed it. The last couple... You know, the last Forbidden City, or whatever I should say, is... Uh, I think it was... It was challenging, but it was fun. I didn't, like, die a whole shitload or anything. Yeah. Um, it was cool. And I even, uh, once I finished it, I even did a little bit of, like, continuing to search around and, like, just find things that I'd missed or whatever. Yeah. It was cool um, because the game ends, and there's the final cutscene, and then the credits, and then there's a post credit scene. 
And then when you go back, uh, if you hit continue on the game, there's like a continue cutscene that's like after everything and Lara is sitting there with like some of the people you meet along the way and they kind of like talk about what happened and then they talk about like Lara basically is just like there's so much more to discover and then it opens up and you can go anywhere and I'm just like that's neat because I did not find everything you know it's just like it was a cool way to segue into giving you a reason to go back into this world that you've already completed your main mission in that's cool of course I won't I probably won't bother to find every document and treasure item and whatever Mm -hmm. but I did, there was like a side mission where you had to essentially beat all of the crypts and get your, all those ancient secrets or whatever. Uh, And if you did that, you were supposed to report to this lady and she was, you got like a special outfit for it. And one of the, the last crypt is like towards the end of the game and so I got that, and then when I re-upped, when I went back into the world, that was, like, the first thing I did was run to that lady. And it gets, it gets you, like, an outfit that's basically, like, an armor. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, there wasn't, like, a big, like, um, effect for it or anything, but it was, yeah. it's cool looking. It's really cool looking. It's cool. And then when you beat the game, you also get um, classic Tomb Raider skins. Oh, yeah. So you can be, like... Does it look like yes. PS1 game? Yes. That's like cool. PS1 Tomb Raider mm-hmm. in this richly vibrant <laughs> 3D world. And she's just like running around like it's it's weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's you can do it and it's funny. It's pretty fun. Uh, Uncharted had a bunch of different unlockable like costumes and different characters yeah. you could play as. Yeah, Uncharted was I I tried to unlock a bunch of that stuff. Because yeah. you would get credits when you played through things, and then you could just spend the credits. Yeah. I think it was in the second one, one of the skins was, like, the skeleton of Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're running around as a skeleton. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I loved yeah. uh, replaying levels in Uncharted 4 with the no gravity. Yeah. On, so you, like, kill people, and they're, mm-hmm. they, like, keel over, but then just float yeah. up into the air. And it was sweet, because, like, you... You know, that game, you could, like, shoot tiles off of walls and things and mm-hmm. shoot plates off of tables. And yeah. all of that broken shit would just float around mm-hmm. when you would do that. It was really sweet. That was, that was a fucking good game. Oh, um, when we brought beer earlier, I was going to ask if you watched that Stone Cold grocery store segment. I did. You did? I did watch it, yes. What did you think? I thought it was pretty funny. I believe I've seen that before. Have you? Yeah, but yeah. it was good. I liked. I just liked at the very end when he was just like, price check on a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks away. Yeah, it's fun. I, I always loved, like, Booker T is just, like, crying pretty yeah. much throughout the whole the thing. The whole time. Getting beaten up. We got to meet him. A couple years ago. He was a pretty nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I met Stone Cold once, too. Really? When I was in sixth grade. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, he was hungover and in a very foul mood. Oh. It was, it was like a, a sign, signing that he did at some little 
sports memorabilia shop, I think, out near Kings Island, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I still thought it was cool, but I remember getting up there and he's just like eyes glazed over, just barely holding on, it looked like. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Speaking of meeting people, big old horror hound starts tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so who's your, who's your big pick? Do you have one in mind that you're trying to get to? Um, I'm having difficulties trying to figure out what I want him to sign because I just don't know, but I really want to meet Tobin Bell who played Jigsaw in the Saw movies. He's kind of, he's, I think he's the big one for me. I've, I've thought before that I would really like him to be at a convention. So I'm excited that it's actually happening. Um, I was looking through my saw collection cause I have all of them, uh, individually and I have a really cool version of saw one Yeah, and it's in like a case that's like as thin as a CD yeah. Almost, and it's all clear, all plastic. I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing that like when it, I looked at buybacks. Yeah, and you can like it's got like the water packet yeah. in front of it with the little blade that moves. Mm-hmm. Those packages are always really cool because um, there's another one. Ichi the Killer did it too. Yeah, it came like the discs came in a blood bag. Mm-hmm. They're always really cool, but the blood dries. Yeah, after a long time, so it's. So then they just end up looking weird and gross. Mm-hmm. So like that's obvious. That's what happened to mine. It's you can still there's still liquid in there that you can move it around, but like all of the red dye that was in there has like stained it. Oh. So it just doesn't. It just looks old, honestly. And I'm like, I don't really want to have him because you can remove that little pouch. Yeah. Like I don't want to have him sign this and then frame it and it just be like this weird stained water pouch on my wall you know and then he's in all of them uh but i just i don't know i'm thinking about seeing what he has on his table or trying to find something at the convention what if i gave you something for him to sign i mean that'd be cool because i don't you know i'm gonna do this on the show right now oh god Oh, God. Here you go. You can't give me that. I want you to have this. No. Take it. Seriously? Seriously. Really? You're you're a much bigger Saw fan than I am. I got this because it was a variant, and I liked the first one a lot when it came out, but I'm not, like, a huge Saw fan, so you will appreciate that. And uh, it's a cool piece of memory memorabilia that you can get old Tobin Bell to put his John Hancock on for you. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Nick uh, just gave me um, a NECA figure, which are really nice figures, but it's of the Jigsaw Killer, uh, but I get, as you said, it's a variant. Yeah. And it's a variant because he's wearing the pig mask. And there's a little little billy figure in the back there too with the tricycle yeah nick had this hanging up on his wall with uh a selection of other NECA figures yeah the uh michael myers is the one i'm most jealous of yeah that's, that is a, that's that my is favorite a one. damn that's a good figure 
Yeah, I'm <laughs> like this is awesome too because yeah. it's a variant. That no, is that just... one's that one fetches a pretty penny these days. Does it? Yeah. Mm. Rightfully so. It is. Yeah. It is good. It's uh, it is the Michael Myers figure, and he's got like the sheet over him, like he he's wearing in the first movie. Yeah, when he strangles the girl with the telephone cord. Yeah, he's got the sheet and the glasses on. See anything you like? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good ass figure. This yeah. is awesome too, though, and that's this is awesome. Thank you. I'm not sure what that one's worth. It might be interesting to look up. Yeah, it'll, it'll be probably... interesting to look up after it gets signed by Tobin Bell. Exactly. <laughs> be worth even more. So, now I have a little open spot. I'm going to have to fill that with something. I'll find something. You got to get yourself there. a Freddy. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would make sense. Just kind of filling. You got Michael and Leatherface. Well, Freddy, I guess or Jason. Yeah. Um I mean, I I really should have a Freddy figure. I don't know why I don't. I love Freddy. I'm not like... Yeah, I don't know. You know what I wish they made? A goddamn popcorn figure. That would be cool. Maybe if uh, they sell enough copies. I'm hoping I'm hoping that the Synapse release gets momentum for that film to maybe get some new products out. You know, it... Maybe at some point they could even do like a crowdfunding uh, campaign for it just to do like a limited run of uh, that figure. I will always regret um, back like this has been probably six years or so now. Um, there was a run of Leslie Vernon action figures from behind the mask. Mm-hmm. And they were sold, like, through the web store and then, like, exclusively at conventions. And they, I don't, I don't know if they were NECA figures, but they were of the same quality. And they came in boxes like this, and uh, they would set up a booth, and it would just be Leslie Vernon figures. This company had their own, like, their own booths. And uh, they sold the figure, and then they also sold a signed version that was signed by Nathan Basil, and it was on the backing card in the clamshell. Oh. So, like, it wasn't, you know, on the front or anything. They He signed all the cards, and then they sealed it in the box. And I always wanted one, but I think the regular figure, without the signature, was still, like, 50 bucks, which is about right. Yeah. You know? I mean, some of the, some of the newer NECA figures you can get at... Uh, fye for like 25 um but this one was specially made i think you know like i said they were a limited run so they sold them for 50 and i i doubt i mean i haven't looked i haven't even gone on ebay or anything but it's it's been a long time and i i always regretted not getting one i think that one still has the price tag on the back the sticker you got this for thirteen ninety nine at KB Toys. God damn, at KB, good old KB, good old KB Toys. Man, I miss KB Toys. Yeah. Places. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hot topic. Was hot it a hot topic. topic? Yeah. Okay. But you could get NECA figures at KB. I got that. That Mega Man has yes. a KB sticker on it. Yes. 
They had they had sweet stuff back then. That was when like Toys R Us didn't carry that type of shit. No, back in the day, KB did. Yeah, now Toys R Us does mm-hmm. to fill the. I know because I got that Mallrats. I I just can't believe that I bought a Kevin Smith, you know, yeah. universe, a Viewisk universe figurine from fucking Toys R Us. That's pretty cool, actually. Speaking of Toys R Us, I was looking earlier at. Um, I was just on a nostalgia kick, and I went online, and I was trying to find pictures of old Toys R Us. Do you remember what it used to look like with, like, the wood panel on the front? It was, like, diff- various color wood panels all across the front of the building. Mm. And we were not a toy store family okay. so much. Um, we really... I don't know that there were, you know, because I, I lived in Cincinnati for five years and then moved to Middletown. I lived in, Middle, in Middletown for like my entire childhood, right? Yeah. I There was not a accessible Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. There was a KB Toys in the Middletown Mall yeah. for a long time. So if we were going to a toy store, that was it. And uh, yeah, Toys R Us was a, was a rare occurrence for us as kids yeah that's that's kind of a variation of it Uh uh-huh these like i remember a long long time ago like these panels they would be like blue red basically the color of the the letters up here just kind of like in a pattern as you go across Uh uh-huh i love the way it looks apparently this is actually this, I'm showing Bender a picture on my computer, by yes. the way. But it's um, this store still has the same setup in the front, and it's in Illinois, and I would like to go there sometime. Oh, that'd I'm be cool. A nostalgic fuck. And I. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we do. Yeah. We're nostalgic fucks. There like is there. one Leslie Vernon figure signed by somebody. Not it's not the uh, just signed by the guy who bought it. Yeah, probably <laughs> signed. Um, and it is forty bucks on eBay. Hmm. Well, not bad. No, that's cool. I and mean, the other, the only other one <laughs> listed is signed by three people, and it's listed for one hundred and thirty. Hmm. Well. Decanto was the uh, Decante was the company that made made the figure uh oh so speaking of NECA figures when i was a kid i went to i went to kb toys and i bought um i my grandma used to take me shopping all the time and i got some NECA figures one time i used to have and i no longer have it um i used to have a solid snake NECA figure and I might have had another Metal Gear character. I don't one of the Fox it maybe Gray Fox. Oh yeah. Yep. I had I had two of those figures. I might have even had a Metal Gear, like one yeah. of the robots. Don't but, have them anymore? No. I would I would give them to you so fast <laughs> if I did. But I remember buying it because they were I remember like li- liking NECA figures because they were really well crafted. I also yeah. had a Spawn that was 
badass. Um, and I thought I liked them because they were really well crafted, but they're mostly posable figures. Yeah. And as a kid, I of course opened them, uh, and try kind of tried to play with them, but they're sometimes you know they're a little rigid. stance. Yeah. yeah, like Solid Snake was in this pose. Yeah, in the packaging. Mm-hmm. So when you would go to move his legs, it was just like yeah, you just have to twist it awkwardly, yeah. and, and it, like you could never get him to just go. Right, that you can't just make the... him stand straight up. He's right, always at right, weird right. angles and. Yeah, because he was he was a uh, he was a uh, stepping forward and holding his pistol like down like you know like you would see or whatever. He was kind of hunched over. Yeah. So there was no getting him to just stand straight and be an action figure. Mm-hmm. He was posable. Yeah. I never like quite grasped it <laughs> as a child. Yeah. I saw at one of the conventions last year that I went to with Jess. They had like the entire series of metal gear figures but they were like you know fucking 40 dollars a piece or something like that and i was like i don't want to buy one (laughs) (laughs) i gotta sit here and take one of these right while the whole set is like hanging up right in front of me that's so i just didn't get any of them yeah just walked away butt hurt (laughs) yeah um oh you know so if you didn't have a Toys R Us around when you were a kid, then you probably never experienced Children's Palace, did you? Was that something where you like got to go for your birthday? No, it was another toy store. Oh, okay. It was like it was the rival to Toys R Us. I like right I don't think I've ever home. even heard of it. It was awesome because like I used to, you know, when my parents divorced, my dad would pick me up and I'd go out with him on Sundays. That was our day. We just fucking basically do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. So I just like, you know, can we go to Toys R Us? Okay, yeah, we go to Toys R Us. And then we finish there. And then it's like, can we go to Children's Palace? And Children's Palace, Toys R Us was in the same spot back then over on 725. Oh, okay, yeah. And Children's Palace was further down 725 back by where... Uh, you know where Burlington Coat Factory is? Behind um, TGI yes, Fridays? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Children's Palace was back in that little plaza. Okay. In the corner. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was like, when you were walking in, it looked like you were entering a castle. <laughs> like the big spires in front, you know? Right. And it was awesome. I was really bummed out when that place closed as a youngster. But these days, man, you're lucky. Kids are lucky to if they've got a Toys R Us still left because all this online shopping yeah, taking man. all the brick and mortar stores to down the fucking down the fucking graveyard. I gotta be honest though, I've been into Toys R Us, you know, a couple times over the last year, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, till I get stuff for my niece or whatever. Not impressed really. No. Like expensive a lot of stuff is pretty expensive and i think there were there were a couple things like at least at the dayton toys r us the collectors area is just like ramshackled in a corner next to like an employee entrance they've changed that have they it's it's like 
a full aisle now. Is it? Of all the like high end collectors type figures. Uh huh. It's like a full it might be aisle worth now. checking out then. But yeah. The last time I was there, which I know what you're talking about where it was though. Right. Yeah, it was it like was just one little corner. Right there. Yeah. It was all the way in the back of the store. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I it might be worth checking out then. Yeah. Uh but I don't know. Toys are one of those things or figures are one of those things that I like. We've talked about it before. I like having them and like trying to get them, but a lot of times, I don't know. It's really not that expensive to spend $25 on a NECA figure, but I feel it somehow feels unjustified to me because I know I'm not going to take it out. Like I'm not Mm going to play with it. I'm not going to, it's just going to sit there and like, movies i'll spend 30 dollars on because i can watch it yeah you know i feel like it has to be these days for me anyhow i don't just buy figures willy-nilly yeah it has to be the right figure yeah and it has to be the right um i don't know it has to strike a chord you Mm -hmm. know an important character to you or something like that you know yeah i'm not chasing out chasing down entire you know series of whatever this company puts out these days unless it's something like you know when i brought the metal gear figures a little bit ago that was you know a very unique uh line right that you would get and complete and you'd be done with it but you know as far as like i don't know all of the walking dead figures i i don't buy all of them right i got daryl michonne and rick because they're like my favorites on the show right but they've released other ones that i'm like eh Right. I don't really care about that guy. So Yeah, it's like all the Marvel Legends characters. Like, you got me that Spider-Gwen. That's the only Marvel Legends figure I have. Mm-hmm. I would like to get the Deadpool one. Yeah. But I'm not, like... I'm just waiting for Moon Knight, honestly. And I'm pretty sure he's at least coming out in three, 3.75 inch. I've got that Moon Knight up there on the wall. Yeah. Um, I think Marvel Legends is releasing a Moon Knight figure because I think they're gonna they're doing his like uh, current run mm-hmm. version where he's like with the black and white suit. Yeah. Not the not the suit and tie, which would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. But the black and white suit. Maybe they'll do a variant with that one. That would be incredible, Mister Knight. Yeah. So good. But like that, the Deadpool that I have is one of the smaller ones. Yeah. And it's from the Wolverine origins movie um i got that one because i thought it was cool that it was like deadpool from the comics right not the deadpool from the movie yeah which was not deadpool it's funny (laughs) that they tried to mark it like deadpool's in this movie and then he fucking is not in that movie yeah have you seen logan yet no 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 it's really been it's really been like money saver for Horrorhound. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, maybe next week when I get paid, I'll, we'll try to make date night out of it because I want to see it in theaters. Go and go over here to Lebanon theaters. Yeah, five bucks. I yes, but I would really like to hit up a huge, you know, I understand screen that. for I, it. I hear you. Yeah, that's what I did. I feel like for. For the comic movies and, like, you know, your Star Wars and that type of stuff. You really want it in a big theater. At least the first time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
hope maybe next next weekend we'll hit that up because I I really really want to see it. I also need to get to John Wick too. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like I had like so much to tell you and so. <clears throat> Well, kind of segueing from figures uh, and the mention of Leslie Vernon, this year is the 10-year anniversary of Behind the Mask, and they've been trying to make a sequel for, like, ever. Yeah. I met Scott Glosserman, the director, and Nathan Basil, Leslie Vernon, at Horror Hound about six years ago now, five or six years ago, and even then, they were like, at Horror Hound trying to raise money to make a sequel. And then shortly after Horror Hound, they started a Kickstarter that I contributed to that ultimately didn't get funded. Uh, but with the 10-year anniversary, they just showed um, a retrospective at South by Southwest. And Nathan and Robert Unglund, who's also in the movie, uh, were there. I think they did a panel. And the big announcement is that they've launched an Indiegogo campaign to create uh, an eight-book comic series based where they, they've literally uh, more or less transcribed the actual script for the second one into comic book form. And so you can contribute to the Indiegogo to get the first three issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but they're they're not stopping there they're not just like we're gonna make a sequel in comic books what they're trying to do is they're trying to use this indiegogo to and this comic book to gain momentum for the character and then finish out the comic and hopefully using the comic book and rolling with the 10 year anniversary they'll be able to roll it all up and get enough hype going that they'll be able to fund the actual sequel that'd be cool because they're still trying to make it yeah so not just for you but like for everybody out there if you've seen behind the mask and you know you know how good it is it's so awesome and i really feel like they've been trying so hard and they like they just want to make a sequel a sequel prequel remake they're calling it a spree make (laughs) Um, contributing to this campaign will help that like this is one of those exact examples of like the power of fans Mm -hmm. like if we as fans can rally behind this we will get another movie so I haven't contributed yet but I'm going to next Friday after I get paid there is a there's a $60 tier where you get the first three issues, uh, a poster of the cover of issue one, and a t-shirt. And I'm like, yep, pretty uh, cool. I'm into that. And the guy doing the art for the comic is Nathan Thomas Milliner, who I'm friends with on Facebook, and I have an original Punisher sketch from him on a Punisher blank variant. Oh, fancy. Yeah. He lives in Louisville, I think. Um, seems like a pretty cool guy. Always has interesting things to say on his Facebook 
all pertaining to horror movies and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but it's really exciting. I'm just really excited. And my friend Christy is involved. She, as well as being a super fan of popcorn, is also a super fan of Behind the Mask and has been... That's how I met her. She was working the Behind the Mask booth at a horror hound one time. So she's very involved with the project as well. She was in South by Southwest or out there uh, in Austin with them. So it's exciting. I'm excited that something is finally happening with this this movie because I think they deserve it. They're good people. Yeah. I've only seen that movie one time, but I remember liking it. Do they have like, are they trying to get the entire cast from the first one? Um, not the entire cast right but i mean like they... i one i know nathan basil is playing leslie again for sure robert unglin's down to play doc hollerin how about uh the dude i can never remember his name plays herschel on the walk scott Dead. wilson mm-hmm. i don't know possibly i would i wouldn't put it out of the question last time Last time I met Scott Wilson with Lindsay, um, Christy came up to him like while we were near the tape, very close to the to the front of the line. She came up to him because she had Nathan Basil on the phone and was like, "Hey, do you want to talk to Nathan?" And Scott was like, "Yeah, definitely." And so like he, they talked on the phone for like just a minute or two because mm-hmm. they probably hadn't seen each other in a while, so. I think, I'm sure if they asked him, he would do it. When you're talking about doing uh, sequels and stuff, Bender, I, he uh, brought my copies of Chud and Chud 2 back this week. Yes. And I forgot to tell you this last week. Did you listen to like any of the commentary or anything? No. On the commentary for Chud 2, the director, David Irving... Um, he talks about how like he would be interested in doing a third one really if someone like brought him a script that he liked he would he's like i love if it was along the lines of chud too he's like i'd love to go back and do it again that's amazing (laughs) that'd be so cool i would love to see a chud three (laughs) chud three bud the dud (laughs) where because garrett graham is still alive yeah and I've met him. I would love to see like an old, decrepit Garrett Graham reprise his role as Bud the Chud, and do sort of like they could Bubba Hotep it and yeah. do like a retirement home version. Yeah, where Bud the Chud is like old, and he's I don't know he somehow came back from the end of Chud Two, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's living in a retirement home, and he, like, slowly turns people in the retirement home, you know? And then they have, like, an outbreak of elderly zombies. Yeah. They would give them a reason to shamble. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, how you could have him... Like, maybe he's just, like... He survives somehow. somehow. It's, just, it's, it. it's inconsequential. Yeah. Like, they don't explain how he comes back from the yeah. end of Chud 2. He just does. And when he does, like, he's so run down that, like, they, I don't know, they find him and and 
put him in a home or something. Yeah, they just, just put him in a home. They're like, what do we do with him? Like, the government finds him, and they're just like, yeah. what do we do with him? He doesn't try to bite anybody or yeah. anything when they find him, and they're just like, I guess just put him in a home. <laughs> yeah. I, because they'd have to have some sort of stupid reasoning, like, well, we can't tell people who this guy really is. Yeah. It'd be a PR nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a retirement home. You Put know? him in a home. That's, that's the, as much explanation as you need. That's it, right there. And then, and then he just goes into the home. home. Yeah. And he doesn't move for, like, years. Yeah. Maybe the entire staff, they're, like, staffed by, like, really unattractive, like, old lady nurses. Yeah. And then after, like, 30 years, there's, like, a new hire, and it's, like, this busty, just, like, yes. hot chick. That's... And she comes in, and then he's like... Yeah, you get like stupid sound effects and uh-huh. his eyes get all big and uh, bud the dud and he, but he of... can but like his problem is that he can never get it up that's why he, <laughs> that's why he's bud the dud yeah he can he that's his whole quest he he lusts after this busty nurse mm-hmm. and uh he just wants to turn her because he thinks if he turns her then it'll turn him on yeah and he'll be able to get it on with her. And so in his quest for the busty nurse, he just ends up turning all of the residents at the retirement home. Yeah. And then and then chud <laughs> chud elderly people, you know. Yeah. I mean he rallies everybody in that, so then they all they all join forces to try to get the busty nurse. Or nurses. It could be Yeah, it could be they all they get a whole new staff. maybe they're like they're um I don't know. They're coming in from like the local college. Yes, yes. To like job shadow or yes. something. That, yeah. And uh and they kill off all the old nurses. Yeah. And they and they keep the new nurses, but then all the new nurses run away. And then like, you know, as they're chasing them throughout the city, across the country, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, they could like stumble onto like a runway show, you yeah. know, it's like like swimsuit competition, like yeah. just just girls like everywhere they they uh have to run through a strip club at some point yeah. or some shit like that it's just a bunch of old dudes and old ladies yeah, and of course you'd have to have like you'd have to have the uh sort of um i don't know the uh complimentary scene where all of the old ladies find their way into like a chippendales <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you want to make sure you represent everyone. So, right. You know. Right. And then, but then, mm. even further, some of the guy chuds go into the Chippendale show. Go. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, rawr, rawr. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Right there. Yep. There it's you hilarious. go. That would be so funny. Mm hmm. Gary Graham, Bud the Dud. <laughs> love it let's fucking write it man let's we submit should. it we hey i we'd probably be the only people probably. writing a sequel to chud too <laughs> so, be so good we just complete it and send it to him and he might be like well i'm not doing anything else so. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i i put that on the commentary because i i didn't think anybody yeah. would even buy this movie and listen to <laughs> let alone listen to the commentary he's like i was serious i'll do it I'm not going to write it myself, and I really don't think anyone else is going to, but hey, if these guys decide to throw it together. We sh- we need to, we need to, unless, 
I mean, we have a lot going on. Yeah. We need to find a ghostwriter mm-hmm. and just come to them with all of our ideas and just be like, yo, we're trying to make this movie. Yeah. This is what it's about. Bang out a script and we're going to send it to the director of Chud 2. <laughs> that would be worth it just to get in contact with the director. Just to be like, hey, I love your movie. He's probably, well, I don't know. I can't speak for this guy because I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure I looked it up when we did, when we talked about it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this guy, what's his name, David Irving? I feel like he's probably on the same level as, like, fucking Buddy, Buddy. Cooper. Yeah. Yep. Where you you could probably just find his Facebook page and message him, and he'd probably write you back, like, yeah. five minutes later. Yeah. So. That would be awesome. Um, let's see. What I was, like, running down things to tell you. Arrow has new announcements this Friday. Oh, yeah? Um... I'm hoping... So tomorrow. Yes. So tomorrow. Arrow is announcing new... Or today when you're listening. New releases uh, tomorrow, today. I'm hoping that they announce Suspiria from Dario Argento. Although Synapse is also working on a Suspiria uh, release. Um, Fuck. I was just thinking... I just had something else. Anything music related? I've been listening. Well, just today I kind of started listening to Black Audio, oh. just to kind of get into that mindset. Yeah. Speaking of music, though, I guess uh, can't tell you too much, but I have heard two fucking Super Divorce <laughs> songs, so you guys can suck it. <laughs> two brand new songs. Nick sent them to me last night. I've in, played, the, in the very early phases. Yeah. You know. Just, just, just. Scratch here's, track demos, basically. Here's what we're going for. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you guys, it's going to be really exciting to collaborate on. Yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on these tracks because listening to them, I thought they were really good. And I mean, I loved where they were going, but I was just like, ooh, I could do this or mm-hmm. I could do this or blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. so. I think when the time comes for me to start, for me to start putting in my ideas, and then also our producer to weigh in yeah. between the three of us, we're really gonna have a lot going on, and it's gonna really flesh these songs out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the demos that we've got are basically just like one one synth line, a bass line and a beat right and then like one steady stream of vocals you right know? so it's very 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 bare bones i would say these songs are 35 40 percent done if that you know because then you, you go in the studio and it's like i fully expect there to be sections added in where it's like no let's expand right. this area here and just do some instrumental you know and one of the songs i was already like it would be cool if it started this way and then we brought that beginning part in yeah after the first chorus and mm-hmm. you know i've already i've already concocted a couple ideas you know here and there and i was thinking about it today um and i don't think you would have taken any offense anyways mm-hmm. but 
uh, I was just sitting on the couch and I was like, uh, I have ideas for these songs because I've listened to them a couple times now. I was like, I have ideas for these songs and I don't feel like I'm stepping on your work by being like, hey, I think we should change this. No, you know, no, I mean, this is and that's, a collaboration. So. Exactly. And that's so I am not, I think it's good for myself because I don't like to criticize too, too much, you know, um, but I'm already thinking for myself, like, if I have an idea, mm-hmm. when the time comes, I'm going to be like, hey, yeah, I think we should do this or let's try this, you mm-hmm. know, even um, there is even a, a small part or two that I was like, we probably don't need this mm-hmm. or what if we change this or whatever. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I mean when I say like once we get once we start collaborating together and collaborating with our producer it's just going to be really fun. Yeah, and I expect him to have a lot. Right. Because this is new territory for me, writing the entire structure myself. Yeah. You know, I'm used to people for my entire music career basically handing me a song and then just being like, okay, now write vocals to it. Yeah. So with this project, it's the first time I've ever sat down and tried to come up with everything on my own and you know the you need input i think right you know um because i'm not at master level here or anything Mm -hmm. and other ideas are going to help they're going to improve things they're going to make things more interesting and josh is awesome so i fully trust him to be able to to weigh in with all the production that he's done at this point you right. know in various styles so yeah i think it's gonna the album's gonna be awesome I, i'm really excited to to just think about the possibilities for what the final product's gonna be you know so yeah that's that's gonna be really 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 cool um god <clears throat> i only read two issues but i caught up well i read nine and ten of the current moon knight run which you may have read not yet not yet no okay well they're excellent that whole run uh the new egypt arc Mm -hmm. whatever it's just it's so good it's been really really awesome and the way they they kind of wrap up new egypt and they start a new arc with that issue 10 or whatever yeah it's really really cool the way they do it. it's really interesting you're gonna like it a lot especially being a fan of the character himself mm-hmm. yeah i started uh the second trade of paper girls okay so i'm like maybe an issue into that one so far but i really like that yeah i i actually uh my wife just left yesterday to go to a tattoo convention out in Oregon and I sent the first trade with her. I was like, you got to read this while you're out there. Cause it's really cool. Yeah. I read the first, uh, deluxe volume. So the first 16 issues of Jonathan Hickman's East of West. Um, I got the hardcover from Barnes and Noble a while back that near the end of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I just finished that 
yesterday. And that's really, really cool. Um, it's kind of like an, it's kind of like a futuristic Western. Um, there, it's basically like they, there were two American civil wars and, or there was, no, there was one American civil war and back in like, you know, the 1900s or, or whatever, but at the, near the end of the civil war, like a meteor strikes the earth and instead of the union defeating the confederacy it basically like this meteor signals like an end to the war but they the world leaders are meet at the epicenter and they divide america into seven nations so you have like um the like the republic basically the union and then you have like the kingdom of new orleans and the republic of texas and uh the endless indian nation and all and so Hmm. on top of that so that's how it remains for all of american history basically until you get to the timeline of the story, which is the year 2065, the Indians, the Native Americans, have, at some point, nobody knows why or when or how, but at some point, they, like, relinquished their spiritual beliefs and began believing in technology. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, the most advanced... uh, race mm-hmm. on the planet you know just just the the native american they have and then their technical pursuits basically flooded out and the whole rest of the country depends on their tech hmm. um and then on top of all that throw the four horsemen of the apocalypse into the mix <laughs> sounds pretty cool yeah and like death is like the main character essentially and the other three horsemen are like out for the death of death Mm -hmm. because they were all supposed to like die and be reborn but death fell in love instead and had a child so they like betrayed death and then now like the the other three have been reborn and so they're still on their quest to like destroy him it's it's very interesting very weird um but really really awesome and it was a, it was a good read sounds pretty cool i was reading it issue by issue a while back but i think i only i bought up to like issue 12 mm-hmm. but i may have only read through like issue 7 did you get the final issue of nailbiter no i didn't no. buy the final i read that in trade though didn't you say that they had just released like the last issue Issue so, 30 is supposed to be the series finale. Yeah. I thought that was the one that they just that they had just put out. Probably. Very okay. recently, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so that means so there's one more trade for that. So and I, I read I read Nailbiter in trade, so I did want to buy the last issue just because it's the last issue, but well, I Well that's what I meant, because I I thought because I hadn't seen it, like I hadn't seen an individual issue as long as I've been going to nostalgia, I don't think they. So I no, they do. 
because I saw the issue 30 sitting there and I, from what you said, I assumed maybe that like, rather than doing another trade, they had just taken a break and come back and it was like, all right, here's one more issue and it's done. That's what I thought. Oh no, it's been consistent. Oh, has it? Yeah. I must've just. They, they probably did a low order Uh because not a lot of people bought it. I have seen it on the shelf there before. Okay. Um, but I think nostalgia is small enough that like for some books, they only buy for like certain people. Yeah. Like I know they weren't getting revival on the shelf. They were buying for a, a little bit. They were, they were buying revival just for me and like two other people. Oh. Um, so I think they were buying a little extra nail biter to put on the shelf, but mm-hmm. they were probably only getting so many that they were selling out almost every time. Okay. That makes sense. But no, yeah, 30 is, like, it's mm-hmm. over. So I just have to wait for the last trade to come out. Hmm. It seemed like one that they could have kept going for a long time. I think so, too. first trade that you let me read. Yeah. I w- I'd also like to get the hardcovers. I would hope, you know, considering Saga's hardcover is 18 issues, East and West was 16 issues, um, I would hope that... They do two hardcover volumes of Nailbiter and do 15 each. That would be really cool to have both of. I would give, I'd get rid of all my trades. I'd give them to you if you wanted them. I'd read through those. The second Saga hardcover comes out in April. Maybe I'll try and get that and get caught back up. Yeah, oh my god, it's so good. I, I still, I think still with all the stuff I've you know I've even narrowed down to like the stuff that I really really like, mm-hmm. but even still with the probably close to f- maybe fifteen books that I read or at least buy regularly, Saga is just like by far the best. When you were talking about all the books you read, just made me think of this ridiculous fucking comment I, I saw on Reddit the other day where this guy was like, "Well, the the initial post was a." It was like one page from, I'm guessing it was Superman, and it was like a breaking the fourth wall type of appearance from, I don't even, I don't know how the fuck to say his name, Mr. Mix, you know what I'm talking about? No. He's like this little old man, and he wears like a, I think he wears kind of like a purple suit, and he's got gray hair, or white hair, and a top hat. Okay. It was like this wacky, zany guy, but anyway, he's like talking to the reader, basically, you know, talking about how he's going to exist and he'll be alive long after the reader's dead because he'll be in the minds of any person who picks up this comic book mm-hmm. on in the future, you know, and it's yeah. kind, of this, kind of this meta fiction type of deal. It was, it's kind of neat, you know, I'm not doing it justice here because i am not reading it verbatim or anything that's just kind of the summation of the the thrust there right anyway people started commenting and whoever this writer was people kept saying like oh he's like ripping off grant morrison you know oh this is typical grant morrison shit if you like this fuck this guy read grant morrison grant blah 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 and um and one guy brought up DC Multiversity. Okay. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it. I have no idea what it's about. I don't know either, really. But 
he basically commented on this thread and he was like, oh, well, this same exact panel was done in Multiversity and that it's not like it came out yesterday. It's been out for three years. There's no excuse why people here shouldn't know about it already. Like suggesting that everybody should know what this panel is. Yeah, like, like if a comic's been out for three years and you like comic books, You've well, then you it. should have read it by now. Right. Like, who the fuck reads just everything? I, I commented, and I was like, to me, there are so many titles, I almost find it odd, and it's like a fun little coincidence when you talk to someone who's reading one of the books that you are. Right. Because there are so many different comics to read. It's almost a strange coincidence when you stumble upon someone who's reading one of the books that you're currently on, you know? There are just so many... Go to the comic shop and look at the fucking wall. Yeah. And it's a chore to keep up with more than a handful of books. A lot of shops don't even carry every release that comes out in a given week. Yeah, exactly. But you're suggesting that just because a book's been out for a couple years, well then, you should have read it by now if you like comic books. No, I don't know anyone who reads everything. Right. Are you kidding me? That would be... You'd have to do nothing but yeah. read comics. Yeah. That's and it the would only just be way. like a financial pit. Yeah. It's like, I can't... I try to stay around 10. And sometimes yeah. I start going over. And when that happens... You have to scale back. Yeah. Because then it starts feeling like a chore. Yep. You're like, God damn it. I've got so much I need to get caught up on. You know, so that's the trick of comics. Yeah. Especially if you, if you enjoy like looking for new shit, that's going to be cool. And you see like something that catches your eye and it's issue one. And it's like, "Eh, yeah, I'll give it a try. I've only got five books right now. And then the same thing happens next week. And then a few weeks later, something else catches your eye. And now it's like, well, I can't give up on any of these things after one issue. So I'll have to buy at least the next three or four to see if I'm yep. going to like it. And it can just snowball very quickly. Ridiculous. There's I like, probably need to trim the fat off my list already again. Oh, I know I do. Yeah. So that I haven't been to nostalgia in like two weeks because I've kind of made a resolution and a promise to myself that the next time I walk in there, I'm going to take a list with me and I'm just going to open a file and that's going to be it for a while. Yeah. Because clearly I, I can't I can't uh, clean my plate off at yeah. dinner here, so it's, to speak. It's so. hard. I mean, I, you know, honestly, for as much as I uh, love Star Wars, I'm seriously considering nixing Star Wars books from my list because I... Are there any of them that are, like, really good? Or is it just kind of like you feel like you need to? I just feel like I need to. Yeah. They're, they ended Darth Vader, you know, mm-hmm. which I have all of. And they are. They announced Marvel announced a new Star Wars series the other day. You know what it is? No. Darth Vader. And I'm just like, is is it gonna? What are they doing? Why? Just like a. They're apparently Charles Seals writing it. The guy that writes Curse Words. Apparently, they're doing a Darth Vader comic that picks up. Like literally in Episode Three. He comes out of the pod, screams no, and drops to his knees. This comic is supposed to pick up when he, like, stands up from that scene. 
And I'm just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care what Darth Vader did between then and A New Hope. Like, I feel like their their entire thing is just like filling in, filling in gaps. Yeah, that's all they're doing. You know, when they've got so much, it seems like they could be elaborating on that. Why is there not a Rogue One comic? Yeah. Like, like what, characters about, in that story, you know? Yeah, about what was Cassian doing a whole time? What the fuck was Jin doing? Yeah, that all they talk about in Rogue One is is Jin fighting as a Resistance member. You know what? You'll appreciate this. This is just like a problem in wrestling. Yeah. Where every year when it gets to be around WrestleMania, you'll get like the legends that come back to be in the huge matches. Right. Rather than taking the new guys and building them up over the course of the year so that they can properly main event WrestleMania Uh and sell the tickets and push the new talent. You keep going back to the well and just like, well, we can bring The Undertaker back in again because people like watching him. Yeah. Rather than, it's the same thing. Let's just go back to Darth Vader again because you people... You just want... ended a Darth Vader comic. Yeah. You've got this fucking brand new universe you're trying to build and you're ignoring all the new talent, if you will, in favor of going back to do nothing but fill in the gaps with all these characters that yeah people love but if you don't start investing in the new characters no one's going to give a shit because what message are you sending right by going back to those old original trilogy characters over and over again you're basically subliminally telling the fans this is the best yeah and it the won't new, get better than this and the new ones are not as important yep because we're not Back then, all of the attention had to be on those characters because that's all there was. And the only way that you can create that type of attraction and that level of importance is by putting that level of care and focus on the characters in whatever series or time you're talking about. Yeah. So they're, I think it's a big mistake. I, I, can, I can see them doing it like when they were relaunching you know, to get ready for these new movies. Right. But now that you're here, now that episode seven's been out for almost two years and you had Rogue One, you've got this fucking slew of new characters, there's no excuse to go back and do another Darth Vader comic book. Right. Other than we know it's going to make money for us. Well, the only the only defense that I would throw out is that they probably can't or don't want to explore... Um, episode seven characters although there is, there is a poe dameron comic mm-hmm. you know but they can't explore like what was ray's childhood like because they're gonna answer that in future movies i think well couldn't you do like you know adventures of ray and it's just like her like just doing shit without yeah without divulging any information just like here's a a fun story yeah. about something that she did. I, I, I think yes, but I still think based on, you know, based on like the way Marvel operates. And honestly, I feel like it would be the same if the, if the license was still with dark horse, mm-hmm. those kind of things 
they're gonna they're gonna wait probably until like the tr- the new trilogy is over yeah and like all of the major plot points are said and done and then they'll go back and be like the adventures of ray on jakku mm. you know what was kylo ren's training like if they don't answer it in the movies like that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but you know you should have seen rogue one by now so they all fucking die those characters are done you're not going to explore them anymore now explore their past what what how many missions did Jin fight as a resistance soldier as a child yeah. with uh who who was it Forrest Whitaker's character yeah I was thinking of him I can't remember his name though Saul Guerrero mm-hmm. like what was how did Saul Guerrero raise Jin how did Cassian meet K2SO like what did Baze Malbus and Chirrut do all the time you mm-hmm. know like before the great temple fell or whatever the fuck that they were doing all of the other monks like Chirrut like he was what he was the last one I think mm-hmm. what was it like when they were protecting whatever they were protecting together do that yeah do all that that's what I want to see I want to see those but introduce me to new characters along the way or you can even do stuff that's of absolutely no consequence yeah, to the exactly. original like but with uh what was the dude you just said his name the monk true like what if you had a series and it was like meditations of true and it was like adventures that he went on spiritually if you will while he was like meditating and he goes to like fucking weird worlds and and like does this this training to like yeah. temper his his mental and spiritual game, if you will, to live alongside you know? the force, even though he's not a force user. Yeah, like to where it'd be almost like really just hypotheticals he's putting himself into to like train his mind, and you could see inside of his head basically what he's doing. They did a fucking know? series. Dark Horse did a series called Star Wars Infinities, and they did A New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, and there were four issues each. And each one was, what if this one thing went differently? That's like all it was. Each one asked a question. The first one was like, what if Luke missed the shot on the Death Star? Mm -hmm. And so like in the very first issue, Luke fucking misses and doesn't destroy the Death Star. What happens next? Mm -hmm. You know? Or like, I think... uh, uh, I can't remember what Hoth was. I think Hoth might have been like, what What if Luke would have died on Hoth? Mm-hmm. And then Return of the Jedi is, uh, what happens if Han Solo isn't rescued from Jabba the Hutt? You know? And I have uh, Jedi Infinities, and it's just like, uh, something like, I don't know, C-3PO never gets to Jabba's palace, so Luke doesn't know where it is. It takes him too long to find it. By the time they do finally get Han out, he's been in Carbonite too long, so when they unfreeze him, he's blind. And then he can't go to Endor with everybody, and then, like, he tries to, like, pilot the Falcon and, like, la-di-da and all this stuff, and, like, 
Leia ends up fighting Vader because something happens to Luke and can't handle it. And then, like, at the end of it, Vader doesn't die. He actually turns to the light side and gets a white suit of armor. Huh. It's like... Chirrut. Like, yeah. what if you had a whole series where Chirrut... Uh, became one with the force meditated and became one with the force and then like in his mind placed himself into major star wars sort like imagine Chirrut at the battle of geonosis like what if one extra person had been there mm-hmm. for the jet you know what if one extra person had been there when qui-gon jinn and obi-wan fought darth maul yeah like that would be rad that would be cool yeah like, he becomes totally immersed in it, but somehow his intentionality stays intact. Yeah. So he can travel anywhere. Yeah. Forward or backwards in time and changes these certain events. That would be pretty cool. But even, you know, like, you know, the again, the other thing is, like, if you, if you explore that time gap with all of those Rogue One characters... It, you open the toy box of introducing new characters and then you branch off of those characters. Just like just like in Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader employs the bounty hunters, you know, and you've got Boba Fett, Bosk, IG-88, Zuckus, Forlom, and Dengar all standing there. None of them say anything. Nothing ever... You don't see any of them except for Boba Fett one other time Mm -hmm. you know but do you know who ig88 is you don't know who ig88 is no no seriously the robot with the like cylinder head you fight him in dark or uh shadows of the empire on n64 i'd have to see him it's like a clone robot oh my god well you're now you're just like fucking my point up sorry man it's okay do you know who dengar is yeah okay do you know who zuckus was what does he look like? Uh, he's got, like, the big bug eyes and the, like, breathing mask. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you recognize those characters. Yeah. They have, like, whole books just about them. IG-88 has, like, whole comics just about him. You know, he and Boba Fett, like, feud over stuff. There's Boba Fett books that Dengar is a part of and lo- so on and so on and so on. And it's just, like, all they did was show him for one scene in one movie. But their characters, they're staples in the Star Wars universe, you know? They have action figures. They have their own action figures. Yeah. You know who IG-88 is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah. I just, I did not know the name. Okay. Well, he's like a clone robot, and there's like a bunch of other ones, but IG-88 is supposed to be like the superior like the original one and he goes around killing all of the other assassin droids and but if he gets killed he just downloads his memory into another version of himself and blah 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 like that's when boba fett hates him and is trying to kill him but every time he does he just transfers his mind and Mm -hmm. you know it's like craziness you know that's that's what i want to see from marvel is give me characters that like i'm never gonna see in the movies but Might not just, happen. They're just doing Darth Vader again. No big fucking deal. Just let's do another Darth Vader comic. Darth Vader sells, man. Unfortunately, that's yeah. that's probably what they're thinking. I guess. 
And I, it just sucks. I, like, I don't even want to read it. Well, if enough people stop buying Darth Vader comics, then maybe they'll feel pressured. But maybe. Uh, I feel like there are too many people out there who will just continue buying anything. They're doing a Darth Maul comic. I think it's it's already started. But I think it, I would assume it's limited, hmm. as Darth Maul stuff always tends to be. Even though one of the biggest mistakes and greatest decisions ever was biggest mistake killing Darth Maul. Greatest decision ever, bringing him back. <laughs> <laughs> like they I feel fucking like it's, wasted. I feel like it's never like as as cool as it is that they brought him back in some capacity. It'll never make up for the fact that he's not recognized as being this just, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'll say he's iconic, but he could have been Darth Vader level Yeah, for people well, growing had, up yeah. in that era. He has a huge role in the Clone Wars show when they bring yeah. him back. It's not like they bring him back for a couple episodes. Like, he fucking... But I mean, for casual yeah. Star Wars fans, they look back and they think of like, oh yeah, that dude looked awesome in the trailers, and then he just fucking got pwned, right. you know, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, it was really one of the worst decisions, because he was so cool. Yeah, I remember being very confused, like even as a kid, like going to see episode one, and there was all this build up, and then... I was just he like, just dies. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's all we get of that guy. He gets the coolest lightsaber fight ever. Yeah, I mean, even even Force Awakens, Kylo Ren versus Rey and Finn, like, no lightsaber battle on screen yet. I think compares to the Darth Maul fight, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Obi Wan Anakin fight on Mustafar and Revenge of the Sith. But other than that. Where does uh, Yoda Count Dooku rank for you? That was fun. Like, that was, it was like, you know, you spend six movies just seeing Yoda be this, like, crotchety old, you know, knowledge Buddha. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, like, exciting to be like, okay, he's a badass. Like, there's a reason he's the Grand Jedi Master, you know what I mean? So that, that was, it was cool. I like it. But you still, you don't get a lot of that. Even the fight between Yoda and Palpatine is mostly like a force battle. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, st- I think Yoda's cool. It's just like choreography-wise and style-wise and, you know, story-wise that the fight with Darth Maul is just beyond words it's so epic and so awesome there will like there i don't know if there will ever be a cooler moment in a star wars movie than the first time he ignites his double lightsaber yeah just like takes his cloak off and just flips that thing around one blade and then it's just like mm-mm, mm-hmm. two blades and you're just like <laughs> makes me want to watch episode one just for that <laughs> Uh, maybe you'll get your, your, uh, side character 
comic series at some point. I think they're just waiting for movies to happen. You know, they keep it, they keep the Star Wars universe so under wraps that I think they're just getting the movies kind of underway and then they'll branch off of it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll probably about do it for this week. Um, Thanks for tuning in. And uh, stick around for a little outro for you guys. things this week yeah hopefully you um will support us as we uh proceed with gusto yeah gusto as as we press on with this new album and also our plans to uh write chud three yes it's (laughs) happening it's all happening chud three bud the dud (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna pitch it next time. Next time Garrett Graham's at Horror Hound, pitch it to him. There you go. So, um, yeah, follow us all across the internet. Superdivorceme.com, Facebook.com/slash/superdivorce, Twitter at superdivorce, Instagram at superdivorceband, and Snapchat superdivorce. Me, you can get in touch with me at any one of those places by just uh, looking me up at Nicholas Villars. You can find me on Instagram at BenderButt. You can find me on Twitter at BenderButts. And uh, you can find me on Snapchat at BendersButt. Um, so yeah, lots of Bender and lots of butts. Also, uh, we have, if you saw our Facebook, we have temporarily postponed uh weekly mixed cds yeah however that doesn't mean you shouldn't still email us make sure you send an email to divorce club at superdivorceme.com put two sweet me in the subject line and put your address in the body of the email and you'll be entered to win a free mixed cd compiled by either nicholas or myself uh when we restart doing drawings for that we'll be drawing every week enter once and enter for life yeah also, just email us and give us feedback. Let us know what you think about the show. Give us talking points. Ask us questions. Tell us if you watched any of the movies we talk about and if you think they're shitty. Or if you're reading any of the comics or playing any of the games we're playing. Yeah. Or just tell us what you're playing, what you're watching, what you're listening to. And we'll mention you if you want us to. Yeah. So, so. just another way to stay in touch with us. And um, we love touching all of you. We do, and we love to be touched. Yep. So uh, it's very touching. We're touching people, and um, and uh, we appreciate you very much. Yeah. So come back next week for, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a super scary. We'll definitely have a uh, horror hound wrap up. Yeah. Are you going? I'd like to go at least one day. I won't be able to go tomorrow, um, but. It would be cool 
Are you going all three I, days? I have a weekend pass, yeah. Okay. I want to find out if... Do you know if like all the Monster Squad people are going to be there throughout the weekend? I think so. They're all there all weekend. Because I really want to take that fucking vinyl and yeah, get dude. it signed. That would be badass. So, I feel like my best shot is to go on Sunday. So... As long as everyone will still be there. Um, Maybe you could find out tomorrow if anyone's taken off early. And if they are, then maybe I can try to move some shit around so I can go on Saturday. But Just because of the amount of people that mm -hmm. you would try to meet, I, I assume you would maybe attempt to meet all of them. Yeah, I'd like to. Get all of their signatures. Mm -hmm. If you're going to try to do that, personally, I would try to go Saturday. If Or or we could work out, if you wanted to, I could get a couple signatures for you. If you can sacrifice meeting them, maybe face-to-face, -face, unless you just go through the line to say hi to them later. Yeah. We can talk about it later. Okay, yeah. We'll have a wrap-up on Horror Hound next week for you guys. And uh, until then... Uh, Enjoy, chefs. Super divorce. <laughs>